inside the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. I am Trevor Sycamore. With me is Benjamin Select. We are up to pick number eight, the Arizona Cardinals, here in our guest mock draft series. If you guys missed any of the previous episodes, what we're doing is we're having a insider, a beat reporter, somebody who knows one of these teams really well, going down every single team of the first round and having them come on, tell us about the team, what the draft needs are, and then making a pick. So, so far in this mock draft, we had Joe Burrow going number one, Chase Young number two, Jeff Akuda number three, Jedrick Wills four, Tua Tungavailoa five, Justin Herbert six. We had Javon Kinlaw go number seven, which was a big surprise. Ben, that leaves a couple of interesting players on the board here for the Cardinals. This is going to be a fun pick. Yeah, I think we're officially now in uncharted waters. You know, after you totally. get to the first picks in the Mac and the mock, now it's we really don't know what's going to happen next. So we're going to get it. We're going to get it started. We'll see what goes on. There is so many possibilities now that could happen with the Arizona Cardinals. So to help us make the pick, we have Luke Lipinski from AZ Sports on the line with us. Luke, we really appreciate you joining. Oh, for sure. Thanks for having me. So I wanted to start off asking you about the Kingsbury. Kyler Murray marriage because it was kind of out of nowhere that it really came up right I mean Kingsbury they signed him to be their head coach back in January nobody thought that he was going to make that kind of a jump all the way to NFL head coach then at the combine we heard whispers that Arizona might be thinking about a quarterback at number one even with Josh Rosen there so we know that those things then came to fruition what was that duo of Murray and Kingsbury like in their first year was it what they thought that it would be was it better was it worse what was that like getting to cover that dynamic Uh, I think it was it was if anything it was better than what they expected I mean it was it was probably a little bit better than at least what we expected watching the team and not so much from Kyler Murray I mean he was um you know he had high expectations but with Kingsbury specifically we we didn't know what was coming I mean this is a guy that essentially, I guess for lack of a better term, sort of failed as a college coach, and all of a sudden he's an NFL head coach, and he's an NFL head coach in a position where it's not like they could make a change after this past season again, because then you're going through three coaches in three years. Like You have to have some continuity, especially if you're going to use that first pick on a quarterback. So I, I, I would say Kyler Murray, the bar was already set pretty high, and I think he reached that bar. But with Kingsbury in particular, he showed the ability to be innovative, but what really stood out to me, was his ability to adapt and adjust when something he was trying wasn't working. Like He didn't have too big of an ego to learn as he went. When you look at, at the Cliff Kingsbury offense, uh, obviously I think that we understand that because of what he's bringing from college and the way that he runs that unit, it's going to look different than a lot of teams do at the NFL level, a lot of NFL offenses, and that's one of the advantages. When it comes to a draft perspective, how does that change the needs when you're looking to build out, all right, this is where the offense needs help? They're obviously, they've been pretty skint on the offensive line for a while now, but that ball comes out really fast, and Kyler Murray's really mobile, so do they not have as much of an offensive not line need as the average group? Do they have a bigger wide receiver need? Kind of what changes from a draft perspective when you talk about where you're going to pour resources into this team because of the scheme that they run? Well, there's a couple things there. I mean, the offensive line, you're right, has, has been bad for a few years. Last year, it wasn't that bad. And some of it was just guys did stay healthier. Uh, some of it was getting Sean Kugler in there from Denver. And that, that certainly uh, that helped things out as well. So the offensive line, it's not like anybody's going to look and say, oh, that's one of the best in the NFL. But for the first time in a while, it wasn't one of the worst in the NFL. So it's entirely possible they would use this number eight pick or, or maybe even trade down to like 12 or 13 if they could. Uh, probably not making a deal with San Francisco at 13, I guess. But maybe like 12 or 15 
to to take an offensive lineman. That's very, very possible. But I think they are comfortable with that O-line right now. What we saw last year in the draft is that when you bring in a guy like Kingsbury and you bring in that offense, you have to add receiver depth. They went out and drafted three receivers last year. Really, none of them made much of an impact, if, if any sort of impact. So that was going to be a need until they got DeAndre Hopkins from Houston inexplicably. Uh, before we get to Hopkins, because we're definitely going to get to Hopkins, but you mentioned they're drafting those receivers. One of them was Hakeem Butler, and Hakeem Butler from Iowa State was a player that I know a lot of people, especially in draft Twitter, were high on. He didn't contribute at all last year, and I know he was hurt. He was put on IR, but the injury didn't seem like it was a, a, a super hampering injury. It just seemed like something that might be, okay, this is what the NFL version of a red shirt, right? What happened with Hakeem Butler? Like, what is the attitude around him going into his second year as a guy who a lot of people had high hopes for? I mean, I think they still have uh, maybe not high hopes, but but certainly some sort of hopes that he can contribute. I mean, he was he was Kyler Murray's uh, roommate during training camp and everything. Those two know each other pretty well, so there's there's a hope that there will be some some on field chemistry when he's healthy and good to go. Uh, but you know, again, things things change when you go out there and you get Hopkins and uh, and Larry Fitzgerald comes back a year ago. You, you, who knew if Larry Fitzgerald was going to come back for sure. the 2020 season? So all of a sudden, you have three pretty established receivers and Fitz and DeAndre Hopkins and Christian Kirk. If you can keep him on the field, so now it's like if you just get one of those receivers, whether it's Butler, or Keyshawn Johnson, or Andy Isabella to contribute as that fourth receiver, you know, you, you don't have room maybe for all all three of them with the three you already have. So. It's sort of a make-or-break season, which is crazy because it's only Hakeem Butler's second year. But it's probably the same way with with Keyshawn Johnson, even to a lesser extent, Andy Isabella, specifically with the Cardinals. When it comes to, right, so we've danced around it. Let's talk about it. The Arizona Cardinals have DeAndre Hopkins. That's kind of (laughs) cool. You you said it was inexplicable. You said, like, they just just got him. So it, it... when you look at this in terms of how the deal was constructed, do you think that because of some of the struggles of the three picks, obviously Isabella being a second rounder and a really talented receiver class, do you think the struggles of some of those set, those wide receiver picks led the Cardinals to say, hey, maybe we need to go early at wide receiver, we need to get a bonafide number one, a guy we know will be a contributor, or do you think really just one day Steve Kine picked up the phone and Bill O'Brien was like, do you want DeAndre Hopkins? And they were like, well, we don't not want DeAndre Hopkins, and <laughs> (laughs) And that's how that came to be. So were they out on the hunt, or did they just fall backwards into this? Well, I think probably a little bit of both. They were definitely out on the hunt because Christian Kirk has, you know, we haven't seen a full 16-game season from Christian Kirk, and he looks maybe at this point maybe more like a a really good number three receiver. And he's certainly got upside to be a two, but but right now it looks like a really good number three, um, which is fine because in Kingsbury's offense he might need five. But uh, they definitely were looking receiver, whether it was to go out and get somebody through free agency there was a lot of talk before that trade that they were going to use the eighth pick on C.D. Lamb, who, of course, played with Kyler Murray two years ago at Oklahoma, or, or Jerry Judy. I mean, the, both of those were very much in play. But there was definitely a point of emphasis on getting a receiver. As far as being able to get DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, that's it's still mind-boggling to all of us down here. Because you have to remember, all of the second half of last season, the talk was, how are they going to get rid of David Johnson's contract? So when that trade right. was first reported, we all looked at it and we're like, hey, the Cardinals traded David Johnson. That's a win. And then you read the rest of the trade and you're like, wait a minute. Houston gave up DeAndre Hopkins? Why? And that's <laughs> that's where they sort of fell into this. You know, hey, see, they could uh, still draft CeeDee Lamb at number eight and have the greatest wide receiver trio of all time. That's, that's you know, as an agent of chaos, that's what I'm all about. But what about the defensive side of the football? What are the strengths for this team defensively? Where are they coming up short? 
if they're looking at defense, what are some targets and what are some areas that they would really have to shore up to start to match what you're hoping is even more offensive firepower this year? Well, I mean, they've been looking for a, a, a shutdown corner or something closer to a shutdown corner. I know those aren't easy to find, but, but some sort of reliable corner opposite Patrick Peterson for the last five years. And then last year they were looking for Patrick Peterson too because he was suspended the first six weeks and he didn't look like Patrick Peterson the first few weeks when he came back. So they could always use help in the secondary. Uh, they have Peterson now. He seems a lot happier to be here, so they're comfortable with him. They're comfortable with Buda Baker, who's, who's one of their best players on defense. But they could use a safety. They could use corner help. Uh, as far as is closer to the front of the line, I mean, you've got Chandler Jones. Uh, Jordan Hicks was, was very solid last year. I think he's pretty much what they expected. But as far as his strength on defense, the only guy you know is a true strength is Chandler Jones because he's been one of the premier pass rushers for the last three years in this league. They like Hicks, they like Peterson, they like Baker. But other than that, there's a lot of holes to fill. When you when you say starting uh, stud corner outside Pat Pete, I'm just interested now going back to last year. Byron Murphy was obviously the first pick in the second round out of Washington. Did he deliver for them as they were hoping? Do they think they, that maybe not, he's not necessarily what they were looking for? Does Murphy have a shot to be that guy, or they already think it's not a chance? No, no, he absolutely has a shot to be that guy. Uh, he was thrown into a real tough spot because, again, Peterson got suspended, so instead of saying, okay, we're going we're gonna to work Byron Murphy in here over the, you know, the first month or two of the season, and he'll see more and more plays as he earns them, it was like, yeah, we don't have any corners. And, and the other guys were getting hurt, too. And they got rid of, like, Robert Alford was hurt right out of the gate. They moved on from Tremaine Brock. So, they, they, I mean, they basically, right. they basically looked at Byron Murphy and said, hey, you, I know you're a rookie, but you're covering the other team's number one receiver starting now. Yeah. So, he's absolutely, yeah. When I, when I say they're looking for that corner opposite Peterson, they expect Murphy to be that guy. I think the only way they would take a corner in this draft is if somehow like Jeff Okuda was there at eight and mm, they had to right. really think about that. Well, let's put you on the clock now. Number eight overall, Arizona Cardinals. We listed off who was already off the board. It's an interesting board because we did have three quarterbacks going to the top six, but it is something that could happen. So with the guys that are still here, Luke, when you look at the player pool that's available, where where are you going if you're the Arizona Cardinals with these guys at number eight? I think I think in a scenario like this, I mean, they would probably run to the podium and take Isaiah Simmons. Uh, oh, they, they like okay. A lot of, yeah, uh, they like a lot of these players that that are still available. Obviously, I mean, it's a good year to pick eighth, and it, it's just it's sort of the almost the forgotten benefit of having your franchise quarterback is now every quarterback that goes in front of you is just pushing good players down to you. And, and oh, yeah. that's obvious, but you don't usually think about it unless you have your franchise quarterback, and for the longest time the Cardinals haven't. So they would love it if four quarterbacks went in the top seven. I think realistically two or three is very possible. I mean, you know at least two are going. So they're either going to end up with a guy like Tristan Wirfs that maybe they shouldn't get, or I mean, if Isaiah Simmons is there – this team couldn't cover the tight end at all last year, and they addressed mm. that a little bit in free agency with Devondre Campbell, but if they could get a game-changer at that position, I think they have to take him. Regardless of how the board fell right here, I'm just interested to, to hear some other names that you have pegged to the Cardinals or heard they might be interested in, whether it is offense or defense. I guess I'm more curious for the defensive side because we have heard about offensive line being something that they would look at, but who are a couple other names that maybe we're not talking about or that you know the Cardinals themselves are talking about? Uh, I mean, with that with that first pick, if, if they stayed at eight, there aren't really a lot of names that we've heard that would realistically be there. Like I mentioned Okuda, but he's not going to be there. Obviously, sure. Young's yeah. not going to be there. So, I mean, you're looking at, you know, it, it, I think I think the only way they would go defense if they stayed with the eighth pick would be if they if they ended up with Isaiah Simmons. Okay. Otherwise, every, 
every mock draft you're looking at has them taking Beckton or Jedrick Wills or, or Tristan Wirfs. I mean, I just I, I can't think of anybody else. Maybe maybe Derek Brown, maybe. I mean, that, that's something that I don't think they would be upset if that happened. But right. I just think the focus now is probably on offensive line because it ties into, you know, you took Kyler Murray, you have to protect that investment. Yeah, there is such a there's such a responsibility. We talk about that on this podcast all the time that when you draft a quarterback number one overall, the price isn't just that number one overall pick. It's a lot of moves that you make after that to make sure that that pick is worth it. And so, man, getting DeAndre Hopkins and then pairing them possibly with one of these top four offensive tackles, that'd be a pretty great haul. That'd be a uh, a, a good next step for the Arizona Cardinals. Well, Luke, we really appreciate you joining us, man, getting us caught up on everything for the Cardinals. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Ben, we're about to round out the top 10. Jacksonville Jaguars up next. Cleveland Browns after that. Very excited about those picks. You guys keep it locked right here on Locked on NFL Draft.